everyone, welcome to Tater's Life. Today I've actually got a super excited episode and it's with somebody who maybe the tables have turned a little bit. So I met Ellis a while back and he actually interviewed me for a little segment on Hanch that I did. So now the tables have turned and I'm going to be podcasting with Ellis. So Ellis is a drag queen, TikTok superstar, and is a Wales activist. So without further ado, let's welcome Alice to the podcast. Hello, Alice, and welcome. Hello, my lovely. You all right? Yeah, I am really good. I've been wanting to do this episode of you for so long. You oh, are literally incredible, and I'd love to hear more about your story. Thank you so much. Are you blushing? <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> just a bit. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I know probably a fair amount, but just for our guests. So, yes, my name is Alice. I would do it. I'm 25. I'm a Pisces. Um, I'm currently living in Cardiff, but I grew up in the Ronda Valleys. Um, I think we've covered everything, really. Yeah, so <laughs> a, I'm a TikToker. Who am I? What else do I do? Well, I'm I was going to say, that is well. the... Sh- I was going to say, that's the shortest podcast I think I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the point. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing, because obviously you're a drag queen now. And for somebody who is also Welsh, you know, I wouldn't really put drag queen and Rhonda Valley together. So tell me what it was like growing up in school. Well... Primary, it was lush as always, you know, when we kids and all that. Secondary school, it was lush because I was the type of kid who just wanted to learn. I loved learning. My favourite subject was history and also languages. So it's like all like these interesting things. I just loved every single thing about it. And I would always do well in exams and stuff like that. But like the outsider lessons thing, um, that wasn't like the best bit. I, I experienced a bit of bullying and stuff like that. But it was nice because I had like a nice group of friends. So at that point, I was just a bit like, oh, you know, think of the positives more than the negatives. But but when the negatives are always there, it's a bit like, oh, gosh, you know, that was a bit of something. But the, overall, I, I really enjoyed school. I really loved like just learning, learning these new things. And mind you, I didn't like exams. I didn't like being tested on the knowledge that I had. It's like I like learning stuff. But if you ask me a date, I'd be like, no, not a clue, not <laughs> clue <laughs> but um yes like you said we're like there's not a lot of like drag queens from the on or anything like that so that was something tricky growing up with like coming to understand my queer uh what's the word queer identity if that makes sense um because there wasn't much representation around me like you'd see like bits and bobs on the telly but they, they would always have like a negative reaction from people so that was a bit weird um and then the queer people that you have back home they would either have like moved away or would have like grown up and like sort of what's the word like um have a bit of internalized homophobia inside them and like make them sort of anti-gay in a way if that makes sense um so yes out of those two options I'm the one that moved away from home <laughs> but like um I love the Ronda. I love it a bit. It's like the pl- the place that made me who I am today, you know. But um, there's just not much down there for me. I, it's like a bit of like a big fish, small pond type of situation. Whereas like Cardiff, you've got like everything here. You know, you've got Uber Eats. There's a McDonald's on the road. I live opposite a Tesco. You know, there's the odd job opportunities and there's like a walk in the park. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you crack me up, honestly. And... Um... 
it's really interesting you say all about that about like moving away from home and stuff like that because a lot of welsh people do end up just moving to the big city i remember growing up in school and people always saying like oh where do you want to move to and like everybody was like cardiff because there's like not much out in the sticks if if you will and it's interesting that you say about the um internal homophobia and stuff so were you ever tried were you ever forced to suppress your feelings in order to please other people or hide your true identity growing up yes definitely that was very much a big part of my life at one point where i was just like i just wanted to fit in with everybody else because it was like it got to a point where i don't know it just felt weird to stick out and being like different from everyone else felt like it was an issue for everybody else if that makes sense like people always always like got their way to like remind me that I'm this I'm that and it's, it just felt a bit like oh gosh I don't want to be that I just want to be like everyone else but then at one point I just snapped out of it and be like oh do you know what that's just who I am and it's like when I came out to my mom and dad they, it was a really good reaction like they were very much like supportive and they were like they just wanted me to be happy and very much like that Um, so after that that's when I decided to be like right okay the people that are nearest and dearest to me are happy and supportive of who I am so that's what I should think about the most instead of what everyone else thinks because yeah if we just live life think go like living off what everyone else lives it's just not gonna be a good life is it um so yeah what was the question again now (laughs) I was just saying did you have to like suppress your feelings but it's I'm just I'll go back to that in a second but my sister she always says this to me and it's the best piece of advice I think I've ever heard in my life and she was like never take criticism for somebody you wouldn't go to advice for and it's so true isn't it if somebody chats it to me I'm just like yeah but you really can't say much do you know what I mean so it's the best piece of advice ever there are gonna be people who just don't understand or are just going to be homophobic. It's so good that you've sort of stood your ground and you're like true to yourself because in this day and age, it's really, really hard to like be individual, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And it's like with me, it's like, it's been like, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's been a long time getting to where I am now. And like, yeah, it's like when I think about it, if I were to like just take on what everyone thinks and just like live off what everyone else expects and stuff like that, I wouldn't be doing the stuff that I do now. Like it takes a lot to like put yourself out on TikTok and it takes a lot for you to like get yourself up in drag. So it's like I'm glad I'm at that point these days now where I can just be like, oh, I'm doing this because I enjoy doing it. I'm going to wear this top because I like wearing this top, that type of thing. Do you know what I mean? I love that, Alice. So tell me a little bit about your drag journey. When did you start like playing around with makeup, started dressing up? Like how old were you? Um, I, I feel like I've been doing it all my life, you know, like one of my earliest memories was like being in a caravan site and like my sister and her friend was playing tennis and I just thought I'd be like, you know, when you'd watch Wimbledon as a kid and you'd see all the ladies dress up and they're like, fedor- not fedoras, but like visors and stuff like that. So I remember like just wrapping a towel around me and putting one on my head and pretending to like watch Wimbledon. And um, yeah, it's like always something I've always like just loved doing, like dressing up and like performing in a feminine sense is always just been something I've always wanted to do, I guess. Because I guess, like, growing up down in the valleys and, like, with my dad being a rugby player, it was always very much, like, boys do this stuff, girls do girl stuff, if that makes sense. So it was always, like, I sort of repressed away, in a sense, um, the, like, my feminine side. So, like, doing, like, these 
feminine things like dressing up and doing drag and stuff like that is like expressing how I feel in a feminine way if that makes sense so yeah but with makeup I actually started off makeup um back home just like doing my makeup as like a boy like I would go on nights out to my friends and I would have a bit of like foundation and concealer and eyebrows on and um I loved doing it it was just something it's like it would never be a mask for me it would always be like trying like what's the word like highlight certain sense that oh, I like to yeah. yeah definitely definitely and I just love the way that I look. I think that was the biggest thing about it. I just love the way that I look with makeup on. Like, it didn't change who I was. I was still the same person, just with darker and thicker eyebrows. But, um, yeah, and then one day I just started watching Drag Race, and I was just thinking, well, I'm already halfway there with the makeup, so let's just try and, like, do a full drag beat. And, yeah, it was around about the time where, like, loads of drag queens on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race in America they were every time they would get eliminated they would do like a video of them showing how they do with their makeup so I'd always watch every single one of them and like take little like pieces of advice like how would they blend how would they do with their eyebrows and stuff like that and that's um the face I've got now really is like each bit of it is like a certain piece of a different drag queen if that makes sense <laughs> I love that I genuinely love that and like it's really really interesting I didn't realize that your uh, dad was a rugby player so like mm -hmm. That is very, especially in Wales, it's like men, men. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think everybody will know somebody of that character. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's even more sort of, I wouldn't say impressive. I, I, I don't know if impressive is the right word, but it's really lovely to hear that you stay true to yourself. I think that's more like where I'm going with this. So yeah. you've been into makeup, you've been into dressing up. Tell me about how you came up with your drag queen name because I love it. So I'm going to give the floor to you now. <laughs> um. So with my name, it was always something like, I always wanted something Welsh. That was always something I wanted. Like I wanted like a proper Welsh name. And then I always wanted a pen because the thing I love the most when like drag queens have like pen names is just how catchy they are. Like everyone remembers like Bag of Chips or like Monet Exchange and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's clever as well. I love it. So yeah, I always wanted something Welsh. And I think catching was always there because it's just like it sounds so much like catching, like you're catching something. But then I wanted to think of something appropriate because I didn't want to go for like, I wouldn't think of the other ideas I had. <laughs> <laughs> but you can guess what uh, they might have been. Um, and then one day I was just listening to Little Mix. They have a song called Motivate, I think. I think it's Motivate. And there's like one bit of it where it goes like, Ooh, na, 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 yeah, I'm catching feelings. And I was just like, oh my God, that's it. That's what it is. And it was like around about the time when I was like posting photos of myself on drag, I'd always have like requests in my messages or my DMs for like like just random accounts, just like sending like sugar daddy messages and stuff like that. And I was just like, I can make a joke about that with the name. Like these people are catching feelings, catching feelings, catching feelings. I I was, love it. Um, thank you very much. And yeah, and here she is today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So tell me a little, I'm really, really interested in like drag. I think it's so like, it's so incredible. It's so fun. It makes people feel good about themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like if you go to like a drag event, nobody's going to leave feeling rubbish. It's very much like a positive sort of energy thing. So how long would a face of makeup take you to do? Because 
I can't even imagine the time, the money, the effort it takes to do in drag. Um, well, these, do you know what? When I started, it would always be like, because I had nowhere to go, I would just take all the time in the world and it would take up to like five hours sometimes. Because also I was like experimenting at the time. But now now I've got my, my exact face and I can do it in like an hour and a half. Like I'm going to that point now where I'm, it's like at one point I would like put three different colours of contour on, but now I'm just like, I just need one. That'll be enough. And it's like I've learned how to like cover my brows and do other bits and bobs at the same time. So I'm saving more time. But um, yeah, but when you were saying about like the effort, like that was such a big thing. Like for now, if I've got a gig, I'm just like, I know I have to do it. So I'm just going to do it. But sometimes it's just a bit like, oh, I want to take photos and drag. But I can't be bothered. There's like a sort of mental thing that comes into it that it's sort of like exhausting. And now when like when you've like done it all and you've taken a few photos, you're just like, I've got to take it off now. And taking off drag is the worst thing ever. I hate this so much. It's probably because of the way that I do it. But it's just it's just so like, oh, I can't be bothered. I wish I was that type of person that would just go to sleep wearing makeup. But I just haven't got that in myself. <laughs> That's good though. That's good though because it's not good. Good makeup on, no way. So, with your outfit, I I love your outfits. We've had a little stalk on the gram. Literally <laughs> love them so much. So, is there like a certain shop that you go to? We'll do a little bit of promo here. Is there like a certain like place that you like to go for your drag outfits? So this day and age now, I do have a lot of like custom outfits made. So I've made friends with um, a designer in Cardiff who makes loads of like outfits of drag queens in Cardiff and like other cities. And um, yeah, I've just gone like good friends with him now. And it's like, we'll meet up and we'll talk about outfits and we'll talk about what I like and like what he can advise and stuff like that, which is the best feeling ever that I can just like go to someone and give them an idea and they can be like, well, that's unrealistic. Let's think about this. Do you know what I mean? And it's like we're both so open with each other where it's just like we've got that connection where we can just like talk to each other and be like, right, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. This wouldn't look good on you. You might want to go for something like this, if that makes sense. And um, yeah. So I would obviously recommend like going to a designer, but now and then if I'm like on a bit of a budget or if I'm like, oh, I've worn these outfits a few too many times now, I need something different. And it's very last minute, which with me it always is. Um, I'd always go on like ASOS online shop and just like get something on the next day delivery. And it's like, there's loads of outfits that I've got behind me now in my little wardrobe section of my bedroom. Like most of these are from ASOS because... I just, one thing I've always loved about drag is that it's given me the opportunity to dress up in these outfits, which I'll always, like, see girls wear a night out. It's like, growing up, I'd always see, like, girls in, like, these massive, like, lovely, colourful, sparkly dresses. And I've always been like, I'd love to wear that. But then it's like, I don't think, I don't think I'm not confident enough to wear it as Alice. But I think it's that it just doesn't look good on Alice. But it looks amazing on Catherine. So it's like, it's nice that I get that chance now to wear these outfits, which I'll see people wearing nights out. And I can, like, wear them and feel like confident and lush wearing them you know oh amazing yeah I love that and like yeah I think women they tend to just have this sort of endless amount of like clothing options whereas males it's very much like oh well you're gonna have to wear jeans and a shirt or whatever and it's just like you know is that it's true isn't it it is. Honestly, that's always something I've always hated. Like, every time in my outfits, it's like, I'd always look at girls and they'll have, like, these different options. And I'm just like, yep, if I go into a pre-mark now, I've only got T-shirts and 
jeans. That's about it. So it's like, I'll always wear like, I will never like just wear a t-shirt and jeans. I would always have to like chuck something else on top of it, like a cardigan or maybe like, oh, I don't know, something else, something just to make it look a bit more like interesting. So I always love, I don't, I love like looking like nice and it's like everywhere I'll go, I'll always like have like a little thing behind it. So I'd always like want to like, Oh, I don't know, does that make sense? I just want like a bit more, like I wish we have more accessory for boys. But then again, these day and ages, it's like most of the clothes I got in my cupboard are like women's clothes I've gone from like from River Island or something like that. Like that's something I've always done actually. I went through a phase where I just wear like loads of like blouses. And then I remember New Look at one point had like these range of clothes where they would be like a turtleneck sort of thing, but it'd be like a piece of fabric with there and then like a peekaboo sort of moment. I loved those to hell back. You know. <laughs> love that, love that. Now I now that we've spoken about drag, I'm I'm ready to get into the TikTok. <laughs> I am tell me about your TikTok journey. What was the first viral video that you had and what was the feeling you felt when it went viral? Well, ooh, what was the first one? I think my first one was definitely I done like a little series at the start of lockdown called Celebrities You Didn't Know That Were Welsh. And it would basically be um how would I explain this? So I got the inspiration from this bloke that was doing the same thing, but with like Spanish um names. So they'll take like a celebrity like Nicki Minaj and I would turn her name into like a Welsh version, like Neris Minaj, and then I'll have a photo of a Welsh lady with Nicki Minaj's face on it. So it's like I just done a video like that, posted it, thought nothing of it, went off the app and woke up the next day and it was like it was like people were sending it to me through Facebook and Instagram. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And um yeah, I think that was like my first ever viral one, but it didn't like do that well on TikTok. I don't no, I think it done well, but not as well as other viral videos I've had. But it's like, I don't know, it depends where you come to viral, really. But it was like people took it from the app and posted it elsewhere. So it was like people on other apps were picking me up. But I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. And um yeah, that got me to like 10k followers. I remember just thinking at the time being like, like no one else is gonna follow me after this. Now that's it. Now everyone's had enough. But it's just like you know, we're at 210,000, 200, yeah, numbers. Yeah, 210,000 at the moment. It's just, I know it's crazy. Like, I remember, like, just thinking, like, getting to, like, 20K or 50K and be like, there we go, no one else is going to follow me after that. And then, like, just more people come in and it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> That's amazing. The, the one video that I remember, well, there's two videos and they're both of your viral videos. And I remember seeing them and I literally died of laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the one with your year with the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, how long was that sticker in your year? I'm going to say about like 10 years, like faintly, I think I can remember as a child rolling a sticker up, a sticker up and just shoving it in my ear. But how I forgot about it, I do not know. That bit is still a mystery to me. But it's just, you know, I look, I remember looking at the time, looking and see um, when was the last time Gala Apples had stickers on their apples. And it's been like a good few years. Like if you look at Gala Apples, they haven't got stickers on their apples. So I'm just a bit like, oh my God, how long has that been in there? But it's just like, Never affected my urine, which I always thought was a bit weird. Like at the time, the reason why I bought that stick thing, so I was just a bit like, oh, my urine's going a bit shit. Oh, God, sorry. My urine's going a bit terrible. So, like, I see if I can clean something out. And I took it out, made no difference. Um, so I think I'm just clipping way too much, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, 
Yeah, and I can't believe that out of all the videos that I like put effort in, that was the video that goes viral. Like, I'm literally wearing my dressing gown in the video, and it's on the Independent and the Sun of Shade and the Daily Mail, and I'm just saying like, I look minging. I'm showing the inside of my year. That's hanging, you know. Crazy. <laughs> It's a great video, though. Like, you can't say that that video didn't make people smile, because it did. And then another really good one that I love was your, um, excuse my grammar if I get it wrong, my slay ice, slay ice tea, slay ice, no, slay ice ear, slay ice tea, Wait, have I got that right? No, yeah, you got it right. There we are. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> See, I learned that from the very best. <laughs> the influence that I have. <laughs> that you have, genuinely, you've done some amazing things. You've been on loads of like Espadrex stuff now, haven't you? You're you're literally incredible, and it's just the like sheer confidence. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the confidence that you radiate is literally like catching like ca- catching feelings catching feelings <laughs> love, love, love. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like empowering being in your energy and like some people might not get that but I feel like you get what I mean do you know what I mean definitely 100% I'm always all about like people's energies and stuff like that I'm glad that you said that because like yeah I'm glad that I have that sort of effect on people <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And like, I know we've spoken about TikTok, drag and stuff already, but I'd like to chat a little bit about like your mental health because your TikToks and your drag, they take up a lot of time, a lot of effort. You're, I'm guessing you're self-employed by now anyway. Yeah. So how has this taken a toll or if it's taken a toll on your mental health, how are you managing that? Because some people, they can't deal with the sort of like mm. publicity of being viral and the negativity that follows. So tell me a little bit about your journey. It's definitely been like quite a bit of a roller coaster. Like overall, I got to say, I'm very grateful that it's all been like very positive. And the only negatives I would get is when stuff is outside of TikTok, if that makes sense. Like if people share like one of my videos on Facebook, that's when the negative comments come in. So I usually just like to focus on the positive um, comments I have on TikTok. And it has been like really good. Like there's probably been like one or two videos that have had a bit of negativity, but I don't really look at it that much. Because the thing is with me, it's like as soon as it goes viral, I'll answer to like the first few comments. But when it goes, you know, over like 10,000, I'm just like, right, I can't keep up. So I just won't look at the comments, which probably sounds terrible. But when you look at my notifications, it's just like, I can't look at the comments because when I start to read one, another one pops in. Um, But yeah, but then I'll always like look at the positives because I feel like I've gone to that point now where I've looked too much in negatives and I see what effect it has on me. And it's just like, in a way, not that it's rude, but it's just a bit like I'm got all these followers and I'm just ignoring their positive comments and just focusing on these one or two people that don't follow me with a negative comment. So it's just like, when I think about it, I'm just a bit like, okay, if I see a negative comment, Lita, baby go, done, boom, out my head, look at this positive comment, let's have a chat with that person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I try to do that much more these days. Um, 
But then sometimes if I'm in a silly, goofy mood, I will argue with people. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say argue, but if someone says like, uh, hang in shoes, I'm just like, got him off your man. You know, something like that. I don't think I've gone that far, but um, yeah. But um, yeah, I like teasing people sometimes just to be like, oh, I can take this joke. Don't think I can't. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'd say the only like tricky time I've had with TikTok, it was during, well, I was in my third year of university, one bit of stress for there. It was during lockdown, another bit of stress for there. And um, I fell out with a flatmate at the point. So it was just like, oh, that's a lot of things going on. And what video was that went viral? Oh, I can't remember what it was now. But one of my videos went viral. And, oh, oh, what was it now? No, I tell you what it was. I tell you what it was. I'd done an interview with a newspaper. I won't say who it was. And then that got picked up by, like, different people and stuff like that. And like I said, it went to Facebook. And I just had loads of negativity from that. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Like, you know, it's from the type of people that wouldn't read the article. They would just read the top line, which said something of, like, um, the TikToker who left his job at Greg's for his 31 million fans was the headline. So a lot of people took that out of... Um, Context. Uh, context and just made up their own assumptions and yeah I don't know that got me down and then I remember one point someone texts me being like oh my gosh Jagger and Woody at the time I don't think they're around anymore but I always listened to them in my mom and dad's car growing up and um they were like oh my gosh they were talking about you and I was like oh my gosh no way like that you know bit of sunshine you know these two like favorite um DJs are talking about me and I remember listening to it and they didn't say anything nasty when I think about it now but it was like because I was just so sensitive at the time with everything that I was getting what they said kind of hurt me a bit like they said something of like oh and he's quit his job to do this as you know it was like that type of vibe and I was just like oh my god like that's not what I want to hear and one other thing that was happening Jesse left Little Mix at that time as well (laughs) so that. Pushed me over the edge. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it was all going on. I don't know what was happening. I don't know who I peed off to have that all happen at once. But it was just a bit like, oh, okay, yep, this is all going on. There we go. But um, yeah, but then I remember at that point, it was like, because I was in university, I could like go to like therapy for free. And I just thought, right, okay, before anything else happens, I'll go off TikTok for a bit and then I'll jump into therapy. And I'd done it. And it was like, it was the best thing ever. It's like the, the I had like a little consultation at first and the tips that the woman gave me, I still like use them today. Like, cause it's just like, I don't know. It's like simple things, but a bit of a common sense. But then when you think about it, it's just a bit like, you know, but think of the difference I can make. I don't know. It's like, like that. Um, Like she was like saying stuff about like making a mountain out of a molehill. And that's when like the negative comments and stuff like that came in. Like she was just a bit like, you know, you're making a molehill out of two comments. Whereas you've got 10 comments who are like, really positive and you're like chucking them down the hill sort of thing if that makes sense so it's just like little things that she said that I'm just like oh my gosh like I had built them into my head now and it's like a sort of automatic sort of thing if that makes sense or therapy get on it would recommend <laughs> um but yeah but besides that all I didn't really have anything like else negative from it like TikTok has always been my output for my craziness and my creativeness like that is my one place where I can feel free to be who I want to be and what I want to do and you know it helps when there's positive comments that come with it and a few more followers because it just feels like what I'm doing is right because people are enjoying it people are finding them funny and then entertaining and that makes me a bit more confident in myself like before TikTok I was terrible with my confidence like the only time I would be a confident person is when I would have a drink because 
I don't know. It was just a weird time. But then, then TikTok just gave me that confidence to be like, who you are is great. Everyone loves it, but even more, you love it more sort of thing. Does that make sense? Like, in a way, I am like taking what other people think of me only because it's positive. So in that sort of sense... Yes, go for the positives, not the negative. If I mix <laughs> mix signals, I know. <laughs> Makes total sense. And I find it really, really like good how you went to therapy and she was able to explain the mountain out of a molehill sort of thing. Because I feel like a lot of people do make mountains out of molehill. But you're sort of like fame and like, I think fame's the right word, and influence came quick like really quick so it was it could have been like hard to handle but I was gonna say like you have done some like incredible things like I remember in lockdown you had anti-back which was so cool and then you've literally done recently done the HIV thing as well for the gov so like you're using your platform for really really positive things and also like, I don't know if you know, but you may have influenced another generation of drag queens in Wales or just around the world. Like, that's something that you should be really, really proud of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm like, that's something I've always loved as well from TikTok. It's like, w- with me, I've never said I was an influencer because at the time it was like, it was like during lockdown and influencers were like going to Dubai and stuff like that. So I was just like, oh, I'm not one of them. I've always said like, I'm a content creator. But then it's like, when I think of like, like you said, like the stuff I do with the government, like during a lockdown, I would always do videos about updating people on the COVID restrictions. And it's like, I've done that video recently about like people getting tested for HIV. And it's like, in that sort of sense, I do see myself as an influencer. But the biggest thing I've always loved that I have influenced people with is just being proud to like speak Welsh as well. Like I've always done like a few videos here and there in Welsh, like the Slayer C video and all of that. And it's like the reaction I get from that is just like, great, this is like a, the positive reaction I want to see. This is why it's like, I just want people to like go on the app, see a video in Welsh and be like, oh, there we go. Like you just normalize it. Like when I was growing up, it was always just like a language we spoke in school. But now it's like, I use it every day and it's like, yeah, it's just mad. So I'd like to think that I'm making people a bit more proud of being more speakers and like making them want to use it more, if that makes sense. Definitely, definitely. And like, I'm ashamed to say that this podcast is not in Welsh, but my po- my Welsh is not the best. But again, like I do try, like I try yeah. my best to use it when and where I can and like everything like that. So I think as well, it's a huge confidence thing. Like people who maybe learned Welsh in school, they're just not confident enough to do it. And I don't know if you feel the same, but like, I feel like maybe older generations of Welsh people, maybe we feel maybe judged, especially as like somebody myself, who's like, speaks more English, very like a Wenglish sort of speaker. And if I get it wrong, I'm just like, oh my, okay, sorry, just might as well not try next time. Do you know what I mean? But I love the fact that like this generation that we've got now, like we're the same age, it's very much like baby steps. It's okay. Like, don't worry, we'll get through this together. So like using TikTok as a way of like promoting the Welsh language, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. But yeah, when you said about like older generation being judgy, I've always found that like, I remember, so I, I left school just after GCSEs and went to work in like an office for a bit. And for that time, I didn't like speak any Welsh. So when I was like, I would have a chance to speak to a Welsh person, I would, I would just get so nervous, especially speaking to like adults. I remember when I went to university as well, and it was just like, 
I, I just couldn't speak to my lecturers because I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared that you just might judge me. So like, it is definitely like a confidence thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, if you ever speak Welsh to me, go for it. I won't judge you. Cause like the same with me, it's like, I speak Welsh all the time. I got a degree in Welsh. Is my Welsh perfect? No. Is anyone's? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that's a great place to end the podcast on. And I want to thank you so much for your time and fitting me in your busy, busy schedule. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, Alice. And is there anything else you want to add to the podcast before we close up? Oh, I don't know. My, my, my mind's gone blank. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never smiled more on a podcast ever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Alice. Thank you to Catherine Feelings. Thank you for our listeners. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. <laughs>